Hello, and welcome to The News Cycle. I'm your host, Iris Harshaw. It's Monday, February 17th. This past Friday was Valentine's Day, the holiday of love and heart-shaped chocolate. To match the spirit of the holiday, this week I talked with Dr. Paul Eastwick, a psychology professor at UC Davis who studies the science of love and attraction. He explained to me why we are attracted to some people and not others, what makes a relationship last, and why unsuccessful marriages have become so common in the United States. And later, Davis High students share their feelings about Valentine's Day. Now, let's get into it. Dr. Eastwick, welcome to the News Cycle. Thanks for having me. First, can you tell me how you define love through a scientific lens? So, love is um, a, you know an experience that people have psychologically that is made up of a wide variety of different components. So, there are affective, emotional components to love. Uh, some people would even say that there are uh, commitment or decision components to love. And, you know, when we use the term love, oftentimes, you know, we could be referring to any number of these different component parts. So uh, for that reason, it makes love this very multifaceted, very complex entity. What makes people attracted to some people and not others? So there's a wide variety of factors, too, that predict attraction, you know, so how uh, desirable or how physically attractive do I perceive somebody to be? Sometimes those things are going to be, uh, you know, you might say more objective features of the target himself or herself. So you can, for example, look at things like facial symmetry and other features of the face and actually say, you know, with some statistical regularity, this person is going to be perceived as more attractive. But it's also the case that people just have idiosyncratic preferences for what they find desirable and what they don't find desirable. And oftentimes people aren't even entirely aware of what those idiosyncratic preferences are. Sometimes it could just be the sound of someone's voice or, you know, the way you uh, engage in banter together that can make somebody especially appealing to you. And one of the things that our research shows is that it's very hard for people to know whether or not they're really going to find somebody especially attractive until they actually get to know that person uh, over time in some sort of face-to-face context. Mm. A little bit more about attraction and relationships. There's the myth that opposites attract. Is that at all substantive? Uh, Nope. There's really no truth to that at all, other than the very, very um, mundane idea that... um, Commonly, people of the opposite sex are attracted to each other. So other than the (laughs) fact that on average men are attracted to women, uh, there's really no other evidence for opposites attract. What then makes a relationship strong and long-lasting? You know, in our research, we find it's really, you know, it's nothing like opposites attract, but probably isn't similarities attract either. And so what that means is that you really can't learn much about how a relationship is going to go from things that you would learn about two people before they actually meet each other. Now, some people are generally positive people, and when they get in a relationship, they're going to feel positively about it. 
But if you want to know where the lion's share of relationship success or failure comes from, you have to look at what has happened over time in the context of that particular relationship. So have the people in this relationship built a narrative, a set of standards and a routines and a microculture that makes their relationship work for them? Or have they built something that's, for the lack of a better term, somewhat toxic? That's really the, you know, the most important thing in a relationship is how have you built it? How have you constructed it together? It's very hard to know how a relationship is going to go before you actually, you know, build it and see. And then what do you think is the most interesting thing you've discovered in your research and in your field of study? I think one of the most fascinating things is this idea that, you know, some people are just, you know, more attractive, more desirable, better partners than others. You know, I sort of led with that uh, at the beginning of this conversation. And it's definitely true that in initial attraction settings, some people will be more desirable than others. Sometimes, you know, in academic literatures, we call it mate value. But what's so fascinating to me is that the longer people get to know each other, the less they seem to agree on who is desirable and who is not. So it's almost as if the things that make you an initially desirable person really start to melt away as you get to know somebody over time. Now, if you're initially very desirable, that actually might not be great for you. That might mean that somebody's going to come to see you as sort of you know, less desirable over time, but for other people, that means that at least there's a possibility that somebody's going to see you as more desirable over time. And I think that really sets the stage for the mating world that we live in, which is a world where most people will get partnered up and most people will be pretty happy with those relationships. You know, humans aren't uh, the sort of... uh, mating species where just a few people get to mate and everybody else sort of waits their turn. People pair bond. People form relationships that they're pretty happy with. And um, and I think part of the reason we're able to do that is because once we get to know each other, we really stop agreeing about who's desirable and who's not. How do you and other people in your field account for the rise of uh, of divorce in recent generations and the rise of unsuccessful marriage. There's a number of great books on this topic. Um, Andrew Cherland's The Marriage Go Round. Andrew Cherland talks about how in the United States we have, uh, you know, in terms of the things we value, we have put ourselves in this very unique bind in the sense that we are a culture that really values uh, independence and freedom of expression. And we really value marriage. Hmm. And that can be very challenging for people to navigate. There are some cultures that really value marriage, but don't care much about freedom of expression. Their divorce rates aren't as high as ours. There are other cultures that really value freedom of expression and actually don't value marriage that much. Their divorce rates are lower than ours because a lot of people don't get married. Hmm. But we seem to put ourselves in this position where we think it's a good idea to get married, and then it's also perfectly okay to get divorced when the relationship isn't going well. Um, in that we have started to really ask a lot of our marriages. Our partner is not just supposed to be, um, you know, somebody that we build a life with. It's also supposed to be like our best friend, somebody that we go to to help us discover our inner selves. And, um, you know, in an age when a lot of people have to take on multiple jobs 
to make ends meet, where there's a lot of extra demands on our time and attention, it's very hard to get your relationship to the point where you can sort of be growing as a person together. And uh, that, that explains some of these challenges. Well, thank you so much for talking to me. That's all I wanted to ask you today. No problem. Thank you so much. All right. You bet. As Davis High is dotted with various shades of pink and red for Valentine's Day, students express varying opinions on the holiday. Katrina Hawes has the story, which was co-produced by Lia Fitzpatrick. It's February 14th and love is in the air. Heart-shaped balloons bob overhead as students sporting Valentine's Day-inspired outfits file through the halls of Davis High. From sweet treats to red roses, the day brings many young couples excitement. However, DHS paraeducator Gabby Herrera believes that there is more to Valentine's Day than having a significant other. I just think it's to spread love, like regardless if you have a significant other or not, I think it's just to show the people who you appreciate and who you love, like let them know that you love them. If you don't have a partner, just go tell your mom, your dad, your sister, brother, whatever, dog. Like, spread love, spread positivity. That's what I think it's about. Junior Walsh Kleinberg believes that Valentine's Day is a day of recognizing love. Valentine's Day is like just any other ordinary day, but it places special attention to appreciating your significant others. Junior Alondra Sanchez-Diaz enjoys the love-inspired festivities and was involved in a number of events throughout the day. I think... Valentine's Day at its core is just about reminding other people and yourself in a sense that you should love yourself and you should love others. It doesn't really have to be commercialized. It is just a reminder that you should appreciate the people around you because they might not always be here. Students at DHS are not all in love with Valentine's Day. Junior Mia Mark reminisces about past Valentine's Days and feels the holiday falls short. I think it was a lot more fun when we were in elementary school and everyone got everyone else Valentine's. Now it's kind of sad if you don't have a Valentine. Junior Mia Magni also has mixed feelings about the holiday centered around love. Valentine's Day is a holiday that pretty much centers around capitalism. Um, they hike up the prices for items like roses and chocolates um, and cards and stuff like that. And I think it's basically a way for um, like the United States to gain more money. Despite Magni's speculations about the holiday, she still happily embraces the Valentine's Day spirit. I was like, I have to wear like pink or red. It's like St. Patrick's Day where you have to wear green. So I was like, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to choose my outfit based on Valentine's Day. Other students, such as junior Annie Zhao, choose not to participate in the Valentine's Day shenanigans. I respect it. But it really ain't for me, probably. So, like, it's interesting seeing other people on campus, like, celebrate it and, like, you know, spend it with their loved ones and significant others. But, um, you know, I'm just trying to go to college right now, and I feel like, like having, like, a significant other or, like, anything like that would, like, distract me from my studies. Sanchez-Diaz sums up her thoughts on the day of love. It's Valentine's Day. You get to be goofy. You get to love. You get to express yourself in different ways today and it's acceptable today for bluedevilhub.com this is katrina haas the news cycle is produced by the blue devil hub in collaboration with the davis enterprise iris harshaw is the producer dahlia kraus is the assistant producer 
and Daniel Ruiz Jimenez is the studio recording engineer. Thank you for listening. See you next week, Davis.